2: This week's episode contains conversation about mental health, some of which may be triggering. This week is Mental Health Awareness Week, and here at the club, we felt this was not something we could let pass by without bringing some much needed practices, content and conversation. Neither Lauren nor myself claim to be experts in the mental health field, but we wanted to take the opportunity on this important week to share some peer to peer advice so that you and we could help ourselves and others to keep the conversation open and to remind us all that wherever we are and however we are, it's OK not to be OK. This past year has pushed most of us to our limits at times, so this year's Mental Health Awareness Week feels more critical than ever before and it allows us an opportunity to check in on where we all are in our own mental health journey. We are humbled and honoured to be a part of this vital conversation. We hope to do it justice and that it resonates with you in some small way.
1: So to celebrate this epic week we're bringing you two shows both relating to the topic of mental health. Today's show will run like our usual main show with us trialing a mental health practice for the week and then our epilogue show this week is dedicated to you our listeners. You guys have very kindly been sharing with us how you've been managing your mental health, what's worked for you, what hasn't and how you've helped others and we have collated all that information so that we can bring it to everyone. We've also enlisted the help of our resident therapist. Yes, we have a resident therapist now. You can thank (laughs) us later. She is a total legend with lots of sound wisdom. And you've met her before on our Christmas show. It's therapist and Bella Magazine agony aunt, Kate Medlin. Kate will be giving us her professional advice and words of wisdom throughout the week and across both shows with us asking the important questions covering mental health in its entirety. So welcome back to Self-Care Club, Kate. We're so happy to have you with us for this show.
0: I'm chuffed to be here.
1: Tell us, in your professional opinion, what do you think are the signs of good mental health and bad mental health? As in, how would you know if you're suffering from bad mental health?
0: It's a very good question. And I think especially at the moment when, um, I mean, it's a, very positive thing that mental health is being talked about so much more than it used to be. Um, but I think sometimes words like anxiety and depression have become such um, a mainstay in our mm. vocabulary that there is the potential to pathologize when we're just feeling sad mm. or worried. And I actually make a point with my clients sometimes when they tell me, I'm, I have anxiety or I have depression um, to, to, to look into that a bit more and to question whether they are worrying about something, whether there is an appropriate level of worry or nerves or stress that they're feeling or whether there is something more sustained going on such as uh, some kind of anxiety disorder. And I think in answer to your question, it is about Um, the sustainability of it. Is it something do you know do we have a sustained period where our ability to function and carry on the everyday tasks of normal life is affected so are we finding it difficult to learn you know to intake new information. Are we finding it difficult to feel and express and manage um, a range of different emotions or are we kind of is there a numbness um to our ability to experience um life
2: and would you say that we're the best judges of that are we the best ones to answer that question of how we are in our own mental health journey
0: I think that's a really good question, because when if we're really in the depths of it, then probably not okay. you know if we're really in the depths of experiencing uh some form of very low mental health, then it's possible that our ability to view ourselves gets yeah. very skewed, often because our very harsh inner critic. Gets into the driving seat, and and our ability to think rationally um, is severely reduced. So I guess what
1: you're saying is try and differentiate between I may be feeling anxious because of this specific thing that is about to happen or come up, a one-off event, rather than mm. I suffer from anxiety.
0: Yes, where the smallest thing is triggering me or life in itself just feels difficult, such as, you know, getting up in the morning feels difficult, having a shower feels difficult. And you know what? We can have the odd day or two where Mm -hmm. that is the case, just feeling low. And on those days, you know, all of the self-care stuff that you guys deal with is really useful and important to put into action, you know, whether it's going on an oar walk or doing something that brings joy to us ourselves just taking extra care yeah. like we would for somebody yeah. that we love that's having a low day we wouldn't ex- have the same expectations on them as we would on a, on a normal day we might take extra mm. care of them
2: so i noticed something with myself yesterday and perhaps this is helpful to people listening um that the dog weed on the bloody bed because the dog keeps doing that and it was half past 10 at night or 10 Mm. o'clock at night and I was so tired I was so desperate to get into bed and my daughter came downstairs she said the dog's weed on the bed and I said oh she hasn't she says she Mm. has which means a whole duvet change a whole Mm -hmm. sheet change Mm -hmm. a whole duvet wash and honestly I felt like crying yeah I literally wanted to ball and cry And I was really taken aback by it of how upset I was that the dog had weed on the bed because in Mm. retrospect, it's not really a big deal that I shove a duvet in the wash. And so this morning Mm. um, I said to myself, you're tired and you're burnt out and that's okay. And that is why you had such a severe reaction to something that is quite small. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. I think it is always worth questioning, okay, what's going on for me that this... Um, I mean, it is a pain, isn't it? Especially (laughs) at bedtime, you know, um, it is an utter pain. So there's an appropriate level of stress you're going to feel, but also if, you know, if the day has already felt difficult, then that can be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, be kind to yourself. Okay. This has been a difficult day and this happening right now is the last thing I needed. Mm. So I hope, Uh, Nicole that your crying wasn't sent (laughs) with an element of judgment I hope that you took care of yourself and gave yourself a a metaphorical hug because that felt really difficult that moment well thank
2: you Kate and actually because of the week that we've been practicing to to look after ourselves and keep checking in on ourselves Mm. as well as the people that we love. I, that's why I got in the car this morning and just got a little bit curious around it Yeah. Uh, rather than beating myself up for screaming and shouting and doing the whole thing. So I didn't this time. I think I would have another time, but that's why this, this mental health awareness week is so important. Mm.
0: Absolutely. It really is. And it isn't about letting ourselves off the hook. It is about recognizing when is it appropriate to sort of kind of give ourselves a kick up the bum, and when is it appropriate to go, no, actually, right now, it's okay Mm. that I need to take extra care of myself
2: so now on with today's show having thought about what we wanted to share on this important week we felt that trying to cover the world of mental health in a one-off hour episode or with just one practice wouldn't really do anybody any justice so after much deliberation and discussion we realized that self-care club is already a huge advocate of mental health and our whole show works towards bettering our mental well-being many of the practices we've trialed proved to do just that um, there's quite a few, actually, yeah. that I thought, like uh, gratitude, yep. kindness, yep. Yes, uh, how to say no. Very important. What else do you think we've done that covers mental health? No complaining. Oh, my God. That's a massive one. And our conversation with Nancy Levin about boundaries is yes. huge. Yes. She's in one of our author specials. Yep. So go check that out. Um, we've done meditation. Yep. That very much aids mental health. CBD is is known to help support it. So please go back through our library if you are new to the show um, and go and check out some of those practices because a lot of them do cover a lot of questions that you may have. So this year Mental Health Awareness Week has a theme and it's dedicating itself to being in nature. Mentalhealth.org says our research on the mental health impacts of the pandemic showed going for walks outside was one of our top coping strategies and 45% of us reported being in green spaces had been vital for our own mental health. Nature is vital to our psychological and emotional health that it's almost impossible to realise good mental health for all without a greater connection to the natural world. For most of human history we've lived as part of nature It is only in the last five generations that so many of us have lived and worked in a context that is largely separated from nature. And it is only since a 1960s study in the US found that patients who were treated in hospitals with a view of nature recovered faster. That science has started to unpack the extraordinary health benefits. Nature is our great, untapped resource for a mentally healthy future. Now, while we haven't dedicated our week's practice to nature... We agree wholeheartedly about the power nature has on our overall well-being. And some of our past shows, again, have practiced just that. So perhaps you want to go back and have a listen. Um, And this, you can do it this week in conjunction with Mm -hmm. mentalhealth.org. So you could go try tree hugging Mm -hmm. or walking, Mm -hmm. like Lauren just said. And most recently, grounding, which we released a couple of weeks ago. They're all designed to keep you in nature and all the science to support why it's so important.
1: We are all too aware that although there has been more and more discussions about mental health illness and the disruptive effect it can have on people's lives, sadly, there is still a major stigma surrounding it. But with the help of celebrities opening up about their own journeys with their mental health, it's starting to normalise the conversation for all of us. Public figures such as Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, Michael Phelps and Jim Carrey are all now using their platforms for change in this arena. And it's about time. It really is. Mental illness, like any other disease, is a battle that must be confronted every day. Sadly, not everyone can overcome the pain that weighs down on them. Whether it's depression, past traumas, bipolar disorder or something else altogether, we have tragically lost too many people to mental illness. And this is the very reason why Mental Health Awareness Week is so vital. Yes. It is. Jesse Nelson of Little Mix released the documentary Odd One Out in September 2019. Jesse went on a journey of rehabilitation as she opened up about abuse she suffered at the hands of cyberbullies and its effects on her mental health. Roman Kemp also made a brilliant and brave documentary recently called Our Silent Emergency, which was released in March this year. This followed the shock suicide of his seemingly perfectly well best friend and producer, Joe. In the documentary, Roman op- opened up about his own mental health struggles and gave a great tip to help others, which we're going to be using on the show. He asked people to proactively go out there and check your friend group. This is a tip that he picked up from his research with a group of young men who had lost their friend to suicide. And the tip was ask twice. Yeah. They said, we've got a rule of two OKs. When anyone asks, are you okay? They say, yeah, Fine. And then we say, no, no, no. Are you okay? The idea behind asking twice the second time allows you to drop your guard. It's so much more
2: powerful on the second time, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you okay is the most important bit of any conversation, but it's the first one that gets pushed aside. Roman's advice is to be that person that makes someone else talk They might be dying inside wanting someone to ask them. And that is
2: exactly where we began for Mental Health Week and our practice, reaching out and asking people the two OKs. And to take it one step further, because Self-Care Club always like to give as much as we can, we're going to reach out to people and ask some of the statements and questions I'm about to say. I'm here for you. You are safe. Is there anything you would like to talk about? How can I help? What do you need? I'm here to listen. Take your time. It's okay. Or we'll just say nothing and just listen and be with them. So that's what we did for our mental health practice. And then to take it even one step further, and a very important part of mental health, please offer yourself the same. So the two OKs. ask yourself, are you okay twice? What do you need? How can you help yourself and just be where you are and just take your time mm. and remind yourself that it's okay. Mm.
1: So I thought that for clarity and for the sake of being open and honest, that we should probably start our weeks with having a chat about the state of our own mental health. Yeah. Are you, are you okay, Nicole? Um, am I okay? You're going to ask me again. I'm going to ask you again. Are you okay? I have been better. Okay.
2: Um, I, and because I've been reflecting on it all week, mm-hmm. um, it's very up and down. And I would say at the moment, he, as I sit here today, which is all I can talk about, because that's where I am right now is I am overwhelmed. Um, I am probably juggling too much mm-hmm. and I'm feeling a little bit on the edge. Okay. And are you okay? Okay
1: yes I am okay are you are you okay I am okay yeah yeah okay I think um I am very very lucky that I have very robust mental health um and I know that I'm in the minority with that I don't suffer from anxiety depression or anything else in a similar vein but you do get and I agree with you you
2: do have robust mental health I think we both do yeah in a in and amongst society as a whole. Yes. I would say both of us are pretty robust. Yeah. Um, there are times where you do get quite stressed out about Of course, things.
1: because I'm human, human. Of course. And obviously things will happen where I may feel a bit down or a bit worried, but it's not a sustained feeling in my life. It's not something that overwhelms me no. or is sustained. No. And I think that is how I know that I have robust mental health. And I have to say, I, you know, depression and anxiety does run through my family. Um, So I have seen it and dealt with it at very close quarters. So it's not something that I haven't been around or I don't know. My feeling is I'm just not wired that way but that's not to say that as I live my the rest of my life events or things aren't going to happen to me that may bring on periods of feeling anxious or f- periods of feeling depressed. I'm not saying I'm immune to it. Um we are delighted that you are as robust
2: as you are. It's you don't need to make excuses for it.
1: No, but I also feel that's why I'm well placed to host this podcast with you because I think we test these practices you and I and we're not looking to fix stuff that's broken in ourselves. Yes. I think we are we are well and solid and stable and so we're able to test and try these things from a kind of neutral place
2: yes I think I'm a bit more up and down than you are perhaps I think I I do get anxiety it's not crippling it doesn't it doesn't stop me from getting out of bed in the morning or stop any activities Mm -hmm. that I'm doing but I do and it does manifest itself in overwhelm I suddenly feel like oh my god I, I don't think I can cope I've got so much to do I always do get things yes, done. Yes, you do. But I feel like sometimes it gets on top of me, which mm. is where I'm at right now because mm. I've got a very,
1: very busy week. And how does that manifest when it gets on top of me? I you? get
2: very um, irritated yeah. and short tempered with my family, which mm-hmm. I hate. It really upsets me. That's kind of how it manifests. And I just feel <clears throat> like I can't give as much as I would like to with the people outside of my family. Mm. And I'm not very good at that. Okay. I'm not very good at not giving doesn't sit very well with me yeah I also know that uh part of your own mental health journey is is checking in on yourself which is what we're doing this week which is why it's been such an interesting week it has how how did you feel going into this week I I actually felt a bit vulnerable yeah it wasn't about <laughs> looking at my own stuff it was about the reaching out to other yeah, people I Felt exactly the same yeah yeah which really surprised me I felt a bit self-conscious yeah But the thing is, is that we have a lot of people in our life that we are there for and we support and vice versa. Mm. So these conversations aren't like out of the blue. We would be having these conversations anyway. So why did we both feel so self-conscious about it? (sighs) Because
1: it was, I think because it was prescribed to us how to do it. And I think that didn't feel as natural as maybe we would have these conversations otherwise.
2: Yeah, that's true.
1: I, I also think
2: that this week of Mental Health Awareness Week is beautifully timed, mm. especially in the UK, mm. because we are slowly coming out of lockdown. Mm. Everyone is feeling a little bit all over the place. Yeah. Where should I be? What do I want? What do I not want? All those questions. Yeah. So It's, it's an it's,
1: unsettled feeling, isn't it? It is.
2: Yeah. So I think the timing of this week is... Absolutely imperative. Did you have any preconceptions about doing this week? I wouldn't say I had preconceptions. I was just felt it very necessary. Right, And you?
1: Yeah, I did, actually. What were I was quite judgy of myself
2: um, before this week. You give yourself a really hard time.
1: I felt like... You do give yourself a really hard I time. I felt like it's not that I don't care, but I, I, don't, if I'm being really honest, Please. I don't feel... I am always particularly well placed to deal with others suffering from mental health issues. I find it quite triggering. And do you think that's because you've had a history in your family and you've seen how
2: damaging it can be?
1: Maybe, or maybe because I have to accept that I can't empathize fully because I'm not, I don't experience it. So I find it hard. Yeah. Um, And also, I have to remind myself a lot that some of the behavior that comes from people who are not well is not um, them. It is their illness that is making them behave like that. Uh, So I have to remind myself, it's not about me. It's not about me. This is about them. It's their illness talking. It's not them. And I have to really concentrate on that. And
2: that can be quite uh, for want of a better word, that can be quite tiring in itself to keep reminding yourself that wherever they're at is nothing to do with you. Yeah. But you can be heavily involved with someone yeah. Yeah. and yet you still have to keep yourself completely separated from it. Yeah. I think that that's can be quite a conundrum sometimes.
1: I mean, I say this with full disclosure because I know if it's me, then it's probably more people than me. But sometimes if it's someone who's very close to me, I can default to anger yeah. with them. Yeah. I know it's a horrible thing to say, but I feel like I need to say it because I know I'm not the only one. And that's just maybe because I'm too close to it. Yeah. So I can't be objective.
2: I think there's also a part of it where you want to fix it.
1: Oh, yeah,
2: of course. And someone with mental mental health struggles, you can't fix it. Only they can fix it. Yeah. And sometimes, often, they might not be ready to.
1: Absolutely. But also sometimes people's illness makes them uh, behave in incredibly destructive, selfish, awful ways, do things that, uh, you know, are quite appalling. And again, that's their illness that's making them do that. So, uh, you know, I have to step back and remember this isn't coming from them. This is, this is their illness that's making them be like that right now. I mean, I've had my bout of uh,
2: mental health struggles. Yeah, I can't say I was depressed or there was nothing prescribed. I wasn't diagnosed with anything, but I went through a few years. I've spoken about it many times and it all manifested in eating disorders and exercise addiction and all of that. And I do understand how, you can have the people that you love most standing in front of you telling you you're not well Mm. and not hearing that Mm. and hearing something completely different. Mm. So I get it. And the only way I got better was when I was ready to get better. Sure. And so having that compassion and that understanding is vital Mm -hmm. and draining and difficult and triggering. Um, Yeah. And sometimes quite hard watching someone you love struggle. Yeah.
1: Horizon Studios, let's go further.
2: I would love to hear about your week Okay So I'll start with a voice note Okay One thing that's becoming glaringly obvious Of this week of mental health Is with our practice of having to ask someone how they are And if they're okay And ask them twice if they're okay It's very It leaves you feeling very vulnerable And that can be very uncomfortable So there is one person who I would like to reach out to and say, are you okay, twice, Um, and to ask them what they need from me. And I'm putting it off and I'm procrastinating and as much as I want to reach out to them and I want to do that because I want to offer that for them, I'm finding it hard. And that's just me being incredibly honest. I also knew that if I reached out and did the two okays? What do you need? I'm here from you. Mm-hmm. I'd also, you know, part of the practice was self-reflection. Mm-hmm. How are you? And I knew that I am, but I'm burnt out. I'm depleted. I'm fucking tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I need to then come up with a whole host of justifications of why I feel that way. But I'm not going to. I'm just going to sit with that because that's how I feel. And I knew that it would open Pandora's box. Yeah. And I also felt like I didn't have the energy to take it on. Mm -hmm. So that made me feel like
1: shit. So you just carried the guilt of, I I need to engage in this conversation, but actually I don't want you to respond to it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Or I'm not sure. I'm not sure I've got the emotional capacity to take this on right now. Yeah. And so which part of the practice is more important? Like which bit do we choose? Do we choose the well, hold on, I don't think I'm okay and I think I need to a little bit of respite mm-hmm. and a little bit of quiet time. Mm-hmm. Or do I sit in the, well, that's a bit selfish because the other person is probably struggling more than you and you should reach out to them. So which did you choose? Um, I chose me. Mm-hmm. I chose me. Um, and that doesn't sit right. And I knew it was part of the practice and and blah, blah, blah. And I could give a million reasons of, you know, we all know it. Everyone listening is understanding what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable, but it's something I need to sit in more because part of the reason that I am burnt out and depleted is because I overextend energy outside of myself. Yeah. And I don't put enough into my, which is ironic because we have a (laughs) self-care podcast. I'm just a bit overstretched. But that's okay. It is okay. I know it's okay. And if you were saying it to me, I would say to you, Lauren, it is okay. You're yeah. allowed to be overstretched yeah. and now you must nourish yourself. Yeah. But sitting in it yourself is hard. So how long did you beat yourself up about that I think for? I'm still
1: doing it. Okay. <laughs> it, it sounds like you are. I think I'm still doing it.
2: Anyway, there were a lot of beautiful conversations I had this week yeah. with friends. I didn't go out of my way to do the two okays. Mm-hmm. It was more in a... um Conversation where, you know, I have a I have a handful of very close girlfriends mm-hmm. around me who I adore, who are a lifeline to me, and I am to them. And so, we will talk openly and honestly, yeah, and vulnerably. We mm-hmm. open our hearts to one another, mm-hmm. and so having though that level of conversation is quite common for me. Yeah. So for me to be able to say, "What do you need?" Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like much of a challenge.
1: Do you feel like you would know? If one of them was not okay. I hope so. That is, the, I find that terrifying. So do I. Because do we know, do we really know if the people closest to us who we think we know really well inside, are they, are they always okay? And you know,
2: I'm now thinking of one of my friends who's always got a smile on her face, who's the warmest, most wonderful woman you could possibly have in your life. And she is always there for me. She's always supportive. She's always, and we have a beautiful relationship. Mm. But Do I ever stop and ask, are you okay? Mm. No, I don't because she always seems okay. Yeah. And she's got a lovely family and she's, you know, she's got everything sorted in her life. But mm. I don't take the time to stop and say, are you okay? Mm. I know you're, you're, you seem okay. You seem absolutely fine. Yeah. So maybe they're the people that we need to reach out to, not mm. the people that we know are struggling.
1: Yeah. I think that's a really, really valid point. One
2: of my clients came in the other day and she, to have her hair done and she, didn't seem okay. Mm-hmm. She is going through a lot. She's she's managing a lot at the moment. Mm-hmm. And she's quite open with me. Um, and I did ask her,
0: are yeah. you okay?
2: Yeah. And she said, yeah, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm yeah. fine. And I said, no, no, come on, you're going through a lot. It's mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. You've had a hard week. Are you okay? What do you need? Mm-hmm. I need a haircut. <laughs>
1: That's why I'm bloody here. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I can help in that way. You and that can. And that is very uplifting. For sure. So... But she sort of just gave a very deep breath
1: out. Like a sigh from the heart. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And look, we we are, you know, client hairdresser. That's our relationship. So she's not going to pull her whole heart out to me. I always know what's going on in her life. But just in that moment, Mm. I knew that even being asked that question Mm. was actually quite helpful. Yeah. There's another girl in my gym who I don't know very well, but I really like her. Um, And she put something on social media that she is not okay. Okay. And she's had to move back home. I can can say it because she put it on her public account. And she's had to move back home with her mum because she's really not okay. Anyway, I left her a voice note Mm -hmm. to say, I just want you to know that I'm here for you. And if you need anything, Mm -hmm. and I know it doesn't make sense because we don't know each other very well. But woman to woman, I just want you to know that if there's something that you need, I would like to be there Mm -hmm. and she was very touched and very moved and then which was lovely and I don't want to sit here and say oh yeah it made me feel so good and because that's what we usually do with the practice because it's not really about that um and then she said to me perhaps we could go for a walk this week Mm -hmm. now I would love to go for that walk with her and I would love to hear about what's going on with her I actually don't have the time because I'm already coming from an overstretched depleted place and I said I actually can't do this week can you do next week and Mm -hmm. she said yes Mm -hmm.
1: And then I just felt like a bit of an arsehole. Why? You've offered her an alternative time. If you'd said no, that's one thing. But you have said, I can't do this week. How about next week? No, but that's you know okay. what I mean?
2: Like I'm I'm reaching out to someone I don't know very well. And I did it. Not Of course it came from my heart. But had we not have been doing this week, would I have reached out to her?
1: Probably not. It doesn't matter. You did. And she does want to talk. And you've offered her the time and space to do that. So I think that's great. I guess my conundrum
2: this week and and we'll summarize this at the end but my conundrum is knowing when you have the capacity to reach out yeah and not and not always doing it when you're completely depleted because part of the practice is self-reflection and checking in on where you are yes and so I had an incident yesterday where the dog weed on the bed and it was 10 o'clock at night and I was so tired. And I knew I'd had to change the bed at 10 o'clock and I just felt like bursting into tears. Yeah. And I thought, mm, that's a bit of a
1: Pu- strong. Puppies are very hard work. They're, she is hard work. And I do remember that well. <laughs>
2: but, you know, you don't. I don't really want to have to feel like I need to burst into tears, but the thought of changing a fucking bed. But actually, before I go into the beating myself up piece, which I'm not going to do, I woke up this morning and I thought, you're tired. Mm. You're burnt out. Mm and that's how i know where i am because that was such a overactivated response yeah. to it and so i'm just going to sit with that for a bit okay so that's where i am and that was how my week was okay thank you for sharing that you're welcome now
1: now you have to share yours i will share mine i will start with an audio it is really quite hard to ask people if they're okay and then ask those follow-on questions without feeling like a bit of a dick. <laughs> uh, I got in touch with a friend of mine today about something and she then replied and then uh, told me about a very personal situation, problem that she had had this week. She opened up about it, I think because she knew that I had also experienced this um, uh, you know in my life previously so I would understand and you know it was a real opportunity to actually be able to ask her you know are you okay I'm really sorry that you you're going through this are you okay and to be able to offer to help you know I I said to her do you if you want to talk Um, I'm really happy to listen and I'm totally here for you and I and I understand and you know she was sweet about it and it's totally up to her whether she wants to have a a longer conversation with me but it was nice to um, be able to offer support to somebody who's going through something and I know she knows that it's genuine and that I would do whatever I can to help her and support her through this and I'm proud of her that she felt able to open up to me about something that was really quite personal and really difficult for her. Hmm. So that was that, that was, was a, how it began. That was a good start. It was a good start. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know when I got in contact what was going on for her, but it you know the opportunity presented itself the
2: thing is i don't doubt for one second that you can reach out to other people and ask them if they're okay Mm -hmm. and ask them how they are and what they need because you're fantastic at that you're a wonderful wonderful friend to have in your life thank you i think perhaps it's the challenge for you asking checking in on yourself oh
1: well that's to come okay so today I found my friend who unfortunately has been suffering with some quite extreme mental health issues over the last couple of months. It's been really rough, awful. And we have been talking a lot and, we, you know, we're in constant communication. So I, I know how things are going, but we hadn't spoken in a couple of days. So I rang and said, are you okay? And they said, do you know what? I am about 80% okay. And, oh, that was amazing to hear because a few weeks ago that was certainly not the case, but it's been a long, hard road and lots, you know, they've had to put lots and lots of things in place to get to this point. And I'm really, really proud of them that they've, they've done that, that they've found the strength to do that because it was tough. Um, so I didn't feel the need to ask the follow on questions because this person knows I'm there for them and that I will listen, that they can talk to me anytime. But it was so um, cheering and positive to hear them laugh and engage in, you know, in a conversation uh, it was it was lovely.
2: How life affirming.
1: It was. Yeah, beautiful. It was. It yeah. was really nice. And I know it's been tough on you. Watching your friends struggle. It's been painful. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't want to make it about me. It's not about me. It's about them. <laughs> no, but, <is laughs> that, but, but
2: but the thing is, is that it does affect
1: you. Well, it affects everyone around them, doesn't it? It's Of,
2: of course. Yeah. And you are allowed to have a reaction
1: and a feeling about it. Yes. So it was you know it was just great to have a conversation that was pretty much like a normal conversation lovely it was so nice so so that was the week and then you know then we get to the tricky part don't we saturday afternoon and i'm asking myself the question this time am i okay um look i'm kind of always okay because i'm just that's who i am i'm pretty sturdy and stable and i default to okay um am I really okay well I'm over a week into a brand new regime of exercising a diet where I have now not eaten carbs or sugar or had any alcohol so it's pretty hardcore you know mentally and emotionally and physically and I was up at eight in the gym with Nicole, and it's now nearly five o'clock, and I haven't actually yet sat down. I've done a whole day of chores and running kids around and domestic stuff, and I am fucking knackered. So, what do I need right now? Firstly, I need to sit down. I really do need a little sit down for ten minutes, and I need a cup of tea, and I just need to gather myself a bit, and then. What am I going to do to help myself? I'm going to go to the nail salon and I'm going to put a really bright color on my nails. And I know that is going to give me a bit of a lift and restore me back to more than okay. Lovely. That was what I did. I love that. What did you say in the car on the way here? Oh, your nails look nice. (laughs) I did. I did. They do look nice. So I'm so pleased you gave that to yourself. I did. I gave it. Yeah, I gave it. So yeah I had the same thing as you this weekend exactly the same thing as you the dog weed on the bed no my dog thankfully doesn't weed on the bed anymore um I had to make a decision on the weekend whether to physically and mentally give time and lots of myself to someone else for the day knowing that by the end of it I'd be really tired and possibly a little bit resentful yeah Mm. or not to see them and instead do something for myself and I battled and I battled and I kept talking to Ollie about it and then we didn't talk about it and then we talked about it again you know we're all thinking we're hoping of what you chose well in the end I realized I was feeling a bit depleted and I chose myself I'm so proud of you and it's yeah, like you I felt it? a bit of shitty. Yeah. I did. <laughs> but, you know what? Ollie we had no children. Josh got invited on a playdate at the last hour. We had no children. So the two of us went yeah. for the longest longest walk with the dog and we like kissed in the woods and things and oh, then kissed in I the know. woods. And we sent the children selfies of us they were really like (laughs) and then we had lunch together outside and you know i ended up feeling fuller rather than depleted lovely and and you know what they call that what do they call that self-care oh yeah (laughs) self-care we should do a
2: podcast about that
1: (laughs) so so that was my week i i'm really really
2: pleased that you chose yourself
1: well i'm pleased that you chose yourself but isn't it funny that we both feel like a little bit shitty
2: Yeah, and we should feel more, should, we need to feel, get to a place where we can feel more empowered about it. Yeah. Should we summarise? Yes. Okay, so what did you learn?
1: I learned I am a natural problem solver and a fixer and it is my default, except in labour. When I'm able to perfectly happily sit and hold space and Mm. also lecture men on not trying to rush a labour, labour just happens and you have to be with it. So why am I like that with mental health? Don't know. Um, I just want to fix it. Like with physical health, I just want to fix it. So um, I need to learn that it's okay to not feel that you have to fix everything and that it is not a failing on my part. And that it's okay that you can't fix everything. Yes. And that there is still value in supporting and helping. There's so much. And Nikki Clinch, actually, the the author and the coach, she had a really good uh, point that she made on a podcast when she said that often we're looking for a fix and a quick fix for something that's broken. But when something breaks and it's fixed, it's never exactly the same. Yeah. It's always changed forever. Yeah. And also you're never looking at what caused it to break in the first place. So I think that's quite important. And also I I need to learn more to give people opportunity and just the reassurance to talk and that it's an invitation and it's not a demand hmm. on them. So I think more what did I learn? It's more like things I still need to learn. Yeah. And we'll continue
2: yeah. to learn. What about you? Um I struggle to put myself first. Yeah. Um and I know that I have to sometimes yeah. and my body is screaming to me when I have to. Yeah. And I always come from a place where someone is worse off than me. Yeah. Um, so I should give more of myself because they need it more than I do. A- and that can be quite a destructive belief yeah. to walk around with. Yeah. Because then I'm always, like I said, overextending mm. myself and then sometimes feel resentful when it's only me. Mm. I've only got me to blame. Mm. Um so My learning is that reach out Mm -hmm. to people, Mm -hmm. of course, because that's an imperative part of human connection. Um, But always know what you have to give Mm. and don't overextend if you don't have anything to give. And (laughs) I feel like I'm not telling myself this, but I'm going to say it anyway, it's okay Mm. if you don't have anything to give
1: because then it's time to give to yourself. I think that's a great thing to say. Yeah and then soon maybe you can try and start believing in it
2: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for listening that was our practice our main show for mental health awareness week we have an epilogue show coming up and it's a bit of a special episode this week it's not going to run like our normal standard epilogue show we have our resident therapist Kate who's going to give our full interview we heard snippets on here and we listen from we hear from you guys and how you have managed your own mental health it's going to be a really special episode so please tune in for that please look after yourselves please by all means take us up on the practice and offer it to yourself and offer it to a loved one but only if you have something to give (laughs) bye-bye